Hey Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is, is Mad Shelley Films, and, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto Radio. Okay, so seriously, I'm thinking maybe for your show on K-Chung, maybe you should have people call in with questions in advance of your show, if you wanted to, and then you could have, you could play your phone kind of next to the mic, right, with their question or comment or something, and then go off on a tangent, you know, talking about their, their message, and then they could get their voice on your show, and timing wouldn't be an issue, you could do it when you are ready with your genius inspiration. <laughs> okay, bye. Just an idea. Hey, Chad here from the Concave Hardcore Skating Podcast. I just want to thank you again for making that theme song for us. We'll definitely be using that on a future episode. I really appreciate it. It was so cool of you. Oh, hey, 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 dude, who are you? You can't just walk in here and grip on my junk, dude. Hey, it's okay. I'm with the TSA. Yeah, man. <laughs> Don't sweat it, buddy. I'm with the TSA. You're with the TSA? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm with the TSA. Don't sweat it, man. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry, dude. I didn't know his official business. Go for it. All right, man. That's the way to be. Yeah, TSA all the way. Yeah. Thank you, Richard Wilson and Mad Shelley production team for um, that awesome intro to this. Uh, thank you also, Maria Humphreys from the Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast for that wonderful question. And thank you, John Garside, for that awesome TSA uh, skit there. Yeah, I'm going to actually do that, Maria. Actually, um in an episode that I have archived right now, which will come out after this episode, actually, um, that you're about to hear here, I'm going to put those questions on the air. I think that's a phenomenal idea. Phenomenal idea. I, 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 I love the idea of people calling in live during the K Chung shows, that's for sure. I love it. Um, but I know sometimes people just don't call in during during that time, and I think that would be the next best thing is having... Having some uh, already recorded uh, questions, I play them in there and then we answer them. Would be good. Would be really good. Um, you're you're wonderful at being a host, and uh, thank you so much for being on there. Now, what we're about to hear here took place at LA Grip Studios with some K Chung microphones. K Chung 1630 AM microphones. Uh, Chris Kurman from Beat Royalty. He did the sound engineering and also broadcasted live on Facebook. Which, by the way, if you go to the uh, Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival Facebook page, you should be able to see what we broadcasted. That should still be up there in the archives because uh, we broadcasted live on there. And so what you're about to hear here is the podcast because uh, September 16th through the 19th, those were, those were weekdays and uh, we couldn't start the shows 
until 1 o'clock p.m. So we went to L.A. Group Studios, who who's really just awesome, one of our sponsors. They gave us the, the space to be able to do it in, to to invite in people. And I thought, you know, we'll use that time between like 10.30 a.m. and 12 or 12.30. We'll interview these guys. And then we'll go off. We'll, we'll go to the film festival, which, by the way, the... Uh, this archive that you're about to hear took place, yeah, Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. It was during that time. So also what you're about to hear is part two of that day, September 16th, 2019. This is part two of that. I'm, I'm slowly doling these out because the next Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival is coming up in 2021. We're not having one in 2020 because we're putting a movie together. However, in 2021, that's when we're going to have it. So if you're a podcaster, uh, filmmaker, screenwriter, if you make TikTok videos, Facebook videos, Instagram videos, we welcome them. Submit them to kapowiff.com. Kapowiff.com. K-A-P-O-W-I-F-F.com. We've got a Facebook page. We've got all kinds of pages. So submit it in there. I think that'd be awesome. If you're interested, let me know. And I'll make up a coupon code for you. So it'll be a special Inspirato code for you. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be awesome for us to collaborate like that. So, yeah, anyway, this, who you're about to hear here, is... Um, a couple of people who are joining us. Um, let's see. Um, boy, oh boy. I'm going to find... I'm going to find um, who exactly. All right. Thank you so much for for sticking in with me. All right. So a wonderful fella. This wonderful fella, Tony Oliver. Yeah. Tony Tonelli Oliver. This guy's a stand-up guy. You'll hear his story. He created Initiation 21. This guy, Dave Panak, created High Five. These are two fun movies that that screened at uh, Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival 2019. Also in the studio who are already there is Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast. She's in there. Co, co, uh, she was just so awesome. So awesome talking to everybody and making great friends and just podcasting up a storm. Maria Humphreys is there. Um, lunchtime is over. Passage in Chroma 46. That's Shannon. Oh, boy. I can't believe I don't have their names written down here. I'll look it up. I'll credit this later. I'll credit this later. Because, um, 
Actually, let's do it right now. Let us do it right now. Lunchtime is over. We're going to find this man right now. This man deserves his credit. Lunchtime. Yeah, lunchtime is over. So he, so he was in there already. That's in part one, which if you search, you can find... Um, You can find part one of this discussion uh, in Inspirato Projecto in the archives. Bruce Nashson, he's also in the studio. Uh, and then, with uh, Guys, your patience is worth a whole bunch of everything. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Shannon. Shannon Lee. <clears throat> she did Chroma 46 and Passage. Chromo. And then uh, Ed Hartman, As the Earth Turns. So all those wonderful people were there in the studio. That was part one. And then now this is part two. This is when halfway through... Um, you know, brand new energy. Get ready to rock and roll. You're gonna enjoy this, and uh, yeah, please submit, submit to us. Please submit your projects. Yeah, come on in. Come in the park. Hello. Yeah, we have the floor. Floor. <laughs> yeah let me floor get your new chair. You can here, grab some right here. I Scooch in here. Filmmaking is such a collaborative thing because it's a, it's a massive undertaking uh, in a way that very few other... It's sort of like putting together an entire like discussion. You could be an, a master um, carpenter, but you can't put up a skyscraper by yourself. There are so many elements. It's so huge that it requires a very knowledgeable and diligent team to that's put it right. together and yeah. there's no single element to it that's less important than the other element. Right. Um, every individual department is as important as the other, be it like the acting department, the directing, the above the line, the below the line, the lighting, uh, the sound, all of it has to come together and if one piece of that is missing, if one piece is off, it doesn't come together no matter how talented any other individual happens to be. That's right. Um, so who who just joined us here? Let's <laughs> let's 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 introduce this fella here. What, uh, what is your name and what project did you work on or act in or what what are you a part Tony. of? Tony. Tony Tonelli Oliver. Oh yes, um, you don't know Tony. This is Tony Oliver. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to meet you for the first time. Very nice to meet you for the first time too. I saw you yesterday as you were coming in, but I was going out. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, the project was Initiation 21. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and along with, uh, that was the uh, one I wrote, directed, and produced. And uh, then um, Dream Job, I acted and produced it. Oh, great. When, when is, uh, when is, uh, when are those showing? Uh, did they show already? Initiation 21 already showed, and so did uh, Dream Job. Initiation 21 was... Yesterday. It was Saturday at 3 o'clock. Saturday, yes. Oh, and Dream Saturday. Job was yesterday. Was, uh, pretty and packed. Dream, and Dream Job, yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to make uh, Initiation 21? I'm still working, <laughs> but it's been uh, about three years, three and a half years. Uh -huh. When you yeah. say you're still working, what are you still doing with it? 
sound and I uh, have some uh, editing uh, that I need to fix, but mostly sound. But it was ready enough to show at the film festival. I Are you just tweaking it some more. Yeah, I, I okay. was cringing the whole time as I'm, oh. I'm watching it because I'm looking at the things that I need to fix, and so uh, it, it was kind of hard. You know, you're, you guys are artists to look at your work, and it's not really what you want to call completed. Mm -hmm. And you know, so when you're watching it, and you, you're just looking at the things that need to be fixed, so it can be considered completed. Well, it's funny because there was this article that I read about Christopher Nolan, and he said your project is never truly finished. It's mm -hmm. just you get to a point where you just finally go, okay, okay, we're just putting it out there. Because right. no matter what, you're always going to look back at what you created and go, oh my gosh, I know so much more now than what I did then. But that's that's the that's yeah. the beauty of evolution, yeah. isn't it? You know, because yeah. if, if you stayed true. the same, then that means that you're not learning any new stuff. Yeah, exactly. But you also have to realize the beautiful thing is realizing that you knew what you knew when you knew that, mm -hmm. and you did the best you could with what you had, and to honor that and appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's 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 a pretty big deal right there, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. then you're embracing each and every mm -hmm. single moment in that process. Right. And, um, you know, the sound and issues that whatever you thought that you saw up there, the audience doesn't know any different. Right. Right. You know, right. they think that maybe you intended those particular things that, <laughs> that they heard. Who knows? What's Part of that is you have this thing in your mind. You set out to make this project. You've got this image of what it's going to be. But then there's the practicality of making it. So you, you wanted this thing to look this way, but it didn't. You wanted this scene to go this way, but it didn't quite go that. This performance didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And then you get into the room, and you have these pieces, and these are all the pieces you're ever going to have. Uh -huh. Even like on these large-budget movies where they do these reshoots, they still, in the end, these pieces are what they have, and you've got to take them you've got to try to create this story that you had in the back of your mind. And sometimes it's just not there. And that's where the acceptance comes in. You're never going to have what happened here yeah. there in front of you. And it becomes, what story can I tell? How can I put it together? How can I make it look and seem good and be cohesive and coherent? And you come, it becomes an acceptance of, I know what I had. I know where it was. <laughs> oh my God, I can still touch it. I can feel it. But it's never here. Nobody, of course, watching knows this or indeed even cares because as much as we're here suffering as an artist, mm -hmm. there isn't one person who's coming to the theater who like gives two shits about how you yeah. feel about your yeah. film yeah. or how I feel about mine yeah. or indeed even how you feel about anything. Uh, right, but, right. Um, Right. They just want to be entertained. They want to like it. And they don't care whether you did or not. They just don't care. Right, right, they like right. it. They like it. They don't. They're they going to like it a lot more than you do, probably. Chances are, because you, know, you, never, see, you never see right. what they see. You see, yeah. like, you know, as the director, mm -hmm. you're watching a scene. All you see are the five things you didn't get. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you just, that's all you see is, they like, it was tracks. a brilliant day. Everything went right aside from these five things. But mm -hmm. you... Five things. Life is about five things. You go home and you're just in bed like, I can't sleep. I still know. I just, just one thing. If this is one thing, I was just, I want my mom. So when did you start Initiation 21 then? I guess that's a better uh, question I should have asked. When it, what was, like, how many years ago or months ago or weeks ago? Well, or um, well I went through a, a few uh, situations. Uh, some deaths in the family. I had uh, two surgeries. I had a major back surgery. I had Ooh. knee surgery. And all within the time of, I'm doing this. So I wrote the script in about a month and um, I started shooting um, well, three years counting back from three and a half years from this date. Um, but uh, the, the, the process was obviously uh, just writing a script and it took me a month and then putting my crew together. But even before I started shooting, you know, people started dropping off. <laughs> and granted, I funded it 
people were getting paid, but they were in were in La La Land and they had other things that mm. were more important. Like mm. uh, what's that festival out in the desert called? Uh, South by Southwest or oh, no, Burning Man? Burning Man. Ah. I lost my DP to Burning Man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Damn that Burning Man. a binge, and so now I lost him to Burning Man. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. Story yeah. to say. Lost him That's to an man. LA thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. I had to go bail so, my DP out in Arizona. So I had oh to, uh, I had to really uh, kind of learn lighting, which you know I got an eye, but I'm not a DP. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But so I had to continue it on my own. Well, so first off, praise to you for getting a feature done. Mm. Yeah. Because no matter like no matter what, short, short, you know, even with the challenges, those things take time, effort, heart. A feature is is a big deal. How how, how did you manage film? to? I'm sorry. Which one? Uh, <laughs> how long, how long is, is your film? An hour and sixteen. Okay. Hour and sixteen minutes. Right, how sorry. how did you manage to pull together a feature? Did, was it you um, taking on roles like you were about? You were talking about how you had yeah. to take on a bit of the DP role because your DP was drunk in the desert. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. Like there's <laughs> <laughs> other things, but okay, we'll just leave it as that. <laughs> Burying up. a body in the desert. Messed your up. DP um, in, in, indicated in high crimes against humanity. How did you pull together? Feature. Wow. And you can cry. <laughs> and you can cry. Because, you know, thinking back, it's like I really don't know how I was in excruciating pain. I was on major meds, you know, Percocet, uh, all kind of oxycodones, and Ooh, I'm hearing voices. And, and, uh, wow. So, as far as you it, know, it, your film is a hallucination. <laughs> yeah, it was just like I really think back and I'm like, wow, how did I get. And, you know, the numbers just started going down and down and down and before you know it the crew was down to like three people and I just kept shooting that's all I can say I just no matter what I was going through uh, I was on crutches and I'm, I'm holding a camera wow you know so I just that I just is kept what a be- yeah, yeah what a great story of perseverance of just yeah. really following that inspiration yeah. and going we're getting this thing done no matter what wow. this is not made up I mean I could show you the scar on my back <laughs> it's just like it's not it's, it's real and we want a doctor's note he needs I just, a <laughs> we want a doctor's note <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know being a minority and I don't want to bring that up like it's an issue because I don't let things uh, like I said I was going through back surgery so I didn't let that stop me so I, I never was a person to let things, you know, stop me from uh, my goal. But starting off as an actor and not really getting the roles that I, I wanted um, or that I thought that I deserved and just giving things that I didn't want because they were so common, um, I, I just wanted to start creating things that were more like me and what I wanted to represent. And I didn't want anything to stop me. So once I had this opportunity and I was in it, uh, I had to follow through. That's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So, I, I think that's a huge part of this. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard you you just see it through to fruition. That's mm-hmm. half the battle. It's mm-hmm. showing up and then completing it. And yeah. maybe it's not a hundred percent or whatever, but right. that ability to follow through, especially with obstacles that you face. Yeah, yeah. and I got you know a pretty tough small circle my, my, my dad my mom and, and, and I have a cousin who went to the USC, USC film school so he's really like and so my thing is like I gotta make them see that okay everything is okay if they say it's not okay then I gotta keep going 
Mm. So the drive was more or less with the small number of people that I had around me that, you know, were telling me no matter what, you, you know, you got to keep on going. That's cool. That's a huge, a huge part of it is having that encouragement around you. The people yeah. who see the and they want to turn up the volume on that brightness. I right. think that's a big deal. Yeah, because there was times when I was like, I just want to throw this away and go into the next, like mm -hmm. for real. But you know, something just kept telling me that you know you got something, so continue at least continue. So yeah, that's cool. Like uh, the Q and A, you said it took you three years. Yeah, three years was because of the surgeries and mm -hmm. uh, again the drop off. You know, uh, I mean, on the day of shoot, I'm the only one there, and I'm like, "Where's everybody?" <laughs> you know, in, including the cast. Which, whoa, I, I, I must commend my my lead actor, uh, Jacoby Powell, because uh, this was his first gig, and I chose him because uh, he was training me. Uh, he's an MMA fighter, and uh, I just the story kind of came to me, you know, you know, with his story, and uh, so I kind of. Uh, threw him into the situation and he knew nothing about the industry at all and um, I, I must commend him because he took days off work and he was the one that showed up all the time. You know what's so cool? I just saw this documentary about uh, Hodorowski, mm -hmm. Hodorowski's Dune and it's beautiful because he, he's talking about finding his warriors and mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful term to say. I found my warriors. Yeah. He wasn't one of my warriors. He didn't want to be a part of the project. Right. This guy said yes, he's he's a warrior right. and you find the people are just, they're, they're, they're obedient to this yeah. vision and what you were talking about earlier about the, the, the importance of collaboration, ensemble, that's, a way, that's the only way that it's really going to work. You, you can't have a whole bunch of egos battling each other. It's got to be, you know, let me, let me see you be the best version of yourself. Let me see the best yes. version of yourself. And then everyone's doing that for each other. It becomes mm -hmm. a game of trust. Mm -hmm. You yeah. fall back. Everyone catches you, right. et cetera, et cetera. And then it inspires everybody to really even stretch further and farther. And um, I think that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment there. And especially when you've got people around you who are encouraging you to, mm -hmm. to do that stuff. Now, I just want to take a note here. This fella just walked in. Sir, would you, could you uh, introduce yourself and also what, what projects you're working on? Uh, sure. I'm Dave Penyuk, and I am uh, part of the High Five. So it's a TV pilot, uh, screens today uh, in the one to three comedy block. Awesome. Uh, I'm the executive producer, uh, chief ass kicker, and uh, <laughs> actor, lead actor on it. So yeah, it's a, it's a comedy about uh, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs yeah. that are into weed, and they open up their own business, wow. and uh, they don't have any lick of experience running a business, and it's just the shenanigans that goes on with trying to open up a weed business in a very chaotic, wild west frontier kind of a an industry. So yeah, it's a fun a fun take on it. Yeah. So to, to, with the ensemble stuff, your cast has a great, you got a great ensemble in there, you know, because everybody's there's like I've I've there's this idea of commitment to the character commitment to that world commitment to that reality and give and giving birth to whatever it kind of wants to be yeah, yeah. and embracing those unexpected challenges that come your way and you go okay we're just the it, the calling is just way too loud i got to keep following this thing um what was it that inspired you to make that film uh well it was actually my friends he's a writer and it was his idea uh, he came up with it he knows a guy that uh, in in michigan that had a weed dispensary and it was based on this one guy, and he opened up this weed dispensary in Michigan, had no experience running a business. The only experience with weed was smoking it. And uh, he decided to open up this weed dispensary several years ago. And so that was kind of the catalyst for him to kind oh, of... Oh, great. He thought, this, there's, just, there's so many funny stories around that. So then you had that as a location, I assume? Was that No, the, no, we shot? actually went to Vancouver. Uh, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Um, and so we, are, we uh, filmed everything up in a, an actual marijuana dispensary in Vancouver 
And so, uh, yeah, we just went through contacts and reached out to a whole bunch of dis different dispensaries in Vancouver to see if they wanted to be part of it. And uh, we got several that were interested, and we had to find one that looked pretty divey, you know, looked pretty beat up, not yeah. super high end. Uh, and he agreed to it, and he said, yeah, come on board, use our dispensary, and there's bags of weed everywhere and some cash lying around, and it really was the Wild West. It was really, and this is now almost two years ago that we filmed it. Uh, so it was really quite interesting, but just the people that jumped on board and wanted to be part of it was just amazing, and that's the only way we got it done was so many people were so excited about it. Which is so interesting, because here we hear this story where the poor guy's on his crutches with three people on the set, and people are dropping off like flies mm -hmm. and then we have this other example where people go yeah i want to be a part of this so it's interesting how you have these different spectrums now within that oh yeah, I see, I see, that's <laughs> that was the key difference <laughs> everybody wants to be on board the <laughs> but it's great because it seems like you know no matter what you're 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 venturing into this territory that you may or may not have been you know experienced with before but every new project is a brand new wild west sort of you know opportunity so For to speak sure. You worked with scores before. That was your first time working with an old archival piece of footage that had never been released before. That must have been very exciting for you to be able to go, holy cow, I've never done something like, like yeah. that before, but i got to be like the, the heart and the soul of this thing. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had taken some of my existing track to put them on some uh, Buster Keaton stuff to, to showcase, and I started to get a feel for that. And, and my own videos you know, were silent video that I added my own music to. But yeah, this is a whole other level to, tr to try and do this. This is an 80-year-old unreleased film. Uh, you know, you guys were talking about uh, crew and cast. He had about 50 people working for him on these films. And this is all before he's 20 years old in 1938. Whoa. Yeah. He did really he knew. to pay them? No, this was done with zero budget. He mm. did uh, shoot uh, advertising. Uh, he did graphics. He does all his graphics in the films. Uh, but uh, he shot for companies to, to make money in high school. Uh, but no, this was all done with zero budget. He, he even in his basement of his house, they had a pretty nice house, um, he had a 50-seat auditorium mm -hmm. to do plays and, and films down there. What a dream. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there it is, just right there. Let's wake up and put on they a plate. They had raided seats from somewhere or something like that. And then he, they would, you know, charge a nickel for people to come in and see stuff. How fun. So, you know, I mean, he was way ahead of his time. He was like the, the first gorilla filmmaker outside of Hollywood ever wow. you know I'm That's sorry cool. who is this this is uh, his name is Richard Leifer and the film is mm -hmm. As the Earth Turns it's going to be on today at 5 o'clock mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah. and he yeah. was a, a director that went on to Hollywood but the, he did all this stuff he was actually part of the Amateur Cinematographers League uh, so this was all and that's one reason we can release this because even though he made it back in 1938 he, it never achieved any kind of release uh, in fact, this film we know was never really shown anywhere, uh, but it was his, his uh, Citizen Kane of the era. I, I do see an interesting uh, relationship between him and Orson Welles. He was almost the same era. Uh, Orson Welles was a couple years earlier. Uh, but he, like Welles, had a very healthy beginning and then kind of fade a little bit. Orson Welles still continued to make amazing movies, but we think of Orson Welles back in his golden era with Citizen Kane and the earlier films like that. And this, this, uh, this director did the same kind of a thing. He kind of dissipated over the years and never really achieved back the brilliance he had when he was early on. And I think the, the, the interesting thing I see about it is this is the film run he never had.
Mm. In fact, this is the festival run he never had because there were no festivals. Wow. <laughs> no, so yeah, he couldn't have ever predicted this. Kind of any of this. How no, beautiful no. is that? So, and he was the age of many filmmakers. And he was doing this with his own little gear, just like a, a cell phone of the era. And of course, he had to cut his own film and all that sort of thing. It was a little harder to do. Uh, but I, I think that's why I'm really excited about the film being in film festivals because it continues to be shown for all sorts of young filmmakers wondering, you know, should I do I have the audacity to make a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if he could do it. And, and people are constantly looking at it going, how the heck did he do that? There's triple exposures in this film, there's, you know, titles. Uh, it, it's just really amazing. He, he was into miniatures. That's another reason Disney hired him. Uh, there's, uh, you know, ships exploding. He, he did films with like 40 ships. There's a train crashing into the water in this thing. Um, there's earthquake scene in the White House. There's politics. It foreshadows many films. There's dialogue in it that comes right out of Star Trek, where he the there's a flashback. Lifeford also plays Pax, which means peace in Latin, as kind of the Doctor Evil of this film. And uh, at one point, there's a flashback going back to World War One. Now, remember, this is 38. He foreshadows World War Two in this as well. But uh, he goes back to World War One, and he's and he's kind of asking, well, why didn't you? I'm sorry, he gets shot down, and uh, and and the, and the guy is asking, him, well, why why didn't you work behind the lines? Why are you out in the field as a you know? Anyway, and, and anyway, his comment is, I'm I'm a I'm a scientist, not a butcher. Hmm. Now. If that isn't bones, I don't know what yeah, it is. It's great, you know. And and there is a there's a fight in the White House, and it's straight out of, uh, you know, Doctor Strange Love. There there will be no fighting in the war room. Oh my God, you know? that's great. So I, I I've just identified four or five just amazing lines that are wow. just freakish, how how they get ahead. But he really knew how to organize people, and I think mm -hmm. you're right. It is collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah. That that was one thing that I I did learn. Uh, I learned how to be a better leader through all this whole process. Yeah. So that, that was one big lesson. Yeah. Now, how long did it take for you to shoot your uh, project? Uh, we shot it over seven days. Um, wow. Long days. It's 27 minutes is the final cut. We actually shot 58 minutes of like kind of a storyline. We didn't realize it was going to be that long. Um, the the creator Matt uh, he wrote it. There was 35 pages of, of script, and but he almost had no like stage direction or actions in it. So when we actually started filming it, you realize there's a lot of moments where it was you know nobody's talking, right? There's action going on, and so this 35 pages, which normally would be around 35 minutes, mm. turned into 58 minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had 58 minutes for a uh, a TV pilot that we wanted to be around 25 minutes. And so then we had to try to decide what to do with it. We were going to turn it into like a full season web series, like just chop it up into like seven, eight minute bits. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll cut it into two episodes and have it as kind of, you know, the pilot episode and the second episode. And we went through iteration ever. So the filming itself only took seven days, but then trying to figure out what to do with this mass amount of footage Whoa. and storyline. Uh, and we then we went through a bunch of different editors um, because... The main editor that we had, he didn't quite see the vision that we wanted, so that didn't go very well. And then we hired another editor, and it was this was for free. I shouldn't say hired, but it was for free. 
who's a professional editor, and he's just like he just kept putting it on the back burner, put it on the back burner because he's not getting paid, right? And, and he's yeah. a professional editor, and so that sat with him for about five months. Nothing was happening. So finally, again, chief ass kicker, I got in there. Uh, and said, that's it. We got to move. Like we got to get somebody that's going to get this done. And so then we actually hired an editor at a very low cost. But that took a long time because he was completely new to the project. He had to w- watch all the footage. Then he wanted to give his sense on it. And so we literally cut the 58 minutes down to 27 minutes. So we cut a whole bunch of pieces out. The story's still there, but it's not quite as, I guess, as, as, as funny as we wanted it to be. Simply because we had to cut a bunch of the jokes just to get it shorter, and you know that that must be a painful experience. They say talk, you know, they say you know sacrificing your babies, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. It's like I really like that in there, but gosh, you know that just makes it too long, or yeah, you know, or I mean, you must just have tons of footage that you're just going, okay, well, what are we going to do here? You know, what are we going to do with that? Yeah, and that's just it. And so the way that we we've kind of packaged it together is we've got the 27 minutes, and then we have a, on the next episode, which with a bunch of other kind of pieces that we could, if we ever get to. Filming the other, you know, six episodes or seven episodes we want to do for season one, we could use some of those pieces, so we wouldn't have to necessarily reshoot all of it. Um, but they they can't stand as a single episode if we just cut them up like mm-hmm. we did the first part. So, um, but that is our intention is to to film seven more episodes for season one. But it's it's comes down to timing and money and all sorts of things. Well, I was just thinking, even those little bits, those little giblets that you got there that you're not really sure what to do with, it, it wouldn't hurt just to use those as promos for the other thing. Oh, for yeah. sure. Even if they're not actually in the movie. Because we see that all the time in trailers where you're like, mm-hmm. wait, I didn't see that really kick-ass backflip in the trailer that is, it's not in the movie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I went in there to see that kick-ass backflip across <laughs> the building. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's just not in there. You go, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, but, that's but what it's great because it, dra- it dra- draws them in there. Like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. We had one scene that we loved. It's kind of a dream sequence. And we had about 15 extras. And they were all dressed up. And we had, like, people in Luchagor wrestling oh, outfits my God. on the streets of Vancouver, like, literally on the street. At wearing these crazy outfits, and it's it's supposed to be a dream sequence, and they're jumping around and dancing and partying, all you know, smoking and all high and everything, and but we had to cut it because it just oh. didn't make sense uh. in the story that we were telling. But it's yeah. golden footage, right? Mm-hmm. So we that's just it, right? Use we want to use some of that. Yeah. Use it later, yeah. yeah. You gotta, if you can take a complete gag that got cut, and just use that as like a little teaser piece. I yeah. mean, beyond like a trailer, not even like a trailer or something, Ooh. but since it's a comedy. So you have your episode, and it's a comedy, it's supposed to be funny. But you've got this bit, and this bit is hilarious, but it didn't fit. Yeah. So you just present that bit, like, in its own little thing. And, you know, you, you get it produced, get the sound on it correct, because sound always has to be correct. Yep. And then just present that joke there. Um, that's the way you can build interest. And if you've got a bunch of those, drop here, drop here, Like drop on Instagram here. or that's, wherever, yeah, right? Yeah, just wherever that's you put brilliant, it. brilliant, because sometimes on comedies, they put all the funny stuff out in the yeah. trailers, yeah. and there's oh, nothing yeah. left in the movie. Yeah. But you yeah. could be opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brilliant stuff out there, and then yeah. they go see the movie and say, this is even funnier yeah. than that thing. Yeah, yeah, without yeah, knowing yeah. the thing, you know, like, funny joke in, out, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, you see something like that, it's like, that was funny. I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, Very true. From me to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. yeah. No, it's a great point. And, and it comes down to uh, these These are all ideas that we've been swirling with, but it's just like, just time, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to get all this stuff done. But that's exactly what we're going to And I finally got the hard drive footage uh, back from our editor just literally today. He's, he's had it for a year, right? And it just take me that long to kind of get everything oh, done, get it back from him, and back it up, back yeah. it up. Oh, it's already backed up. <laughs> but yes, thank you. <laughs> but yes, back it up. And yes, sound is absolutely critical. Uh, that was another thing that took 
why it took so long was just getting the sound right, right? Like just tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it, and, and hiring, uh, scoring, and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. People don't think about sound. People feel sound when, like, it's, it's, it's a visceral thing. Oh, yeah. So when the sound is off, you're dead. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you about the, all the choreography and all the fight uh, stuff. Uh, you're saying your guy is a oh yes, to Tony. So you're uh, so the guy that you were following around, he's a UFC kind of fighter. Yeah, kind he's, of guy? he's re- like retired now. You know, he's devoting his time to his kids. But so he like coaches kids now. But yeah, did he, he do the choreography player. and whatnot for the for those? He did the fights, and, and then uh, uh, for certain scenes, like the, the two uh, mm-hmm. gentlemen, um, uh, like the. The one at the end, Bo Chang, he was a, he's a master, actually. So he choreographed that particular scene, the mm. last fight scene. And the uh, uh, the scene with the uh, uh, the, 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 mas- the other master, uh, uh, they both choreographed the, the, the scene. Both. Both fighters did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there were two different styles. You know, he's a UFC fighter, and he's like, um, um, I don't know, he just Wushu. had a different style. I'm sorry? Wushu. There you go. That is what, that is what the style is. I'm sorry. Some because of the meds and all that. Some of my memories. It, it just. It's okay. You don't need to. But yeah. So because of the different styles, they they both had to come up with. You know, because the fighter actually got injured uh, on the last scene. He broke his ankle when he kicked the uh, guy. Oh, jeez. But he kept going. Wow. That's wow. Jackie Chan that, that, style. That's, right? yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, he, yeah. I didn't even know until we wrapped at the end of the evening. Or that oh, morning. man. And uh, he told me, he said, I don't know, oh, man. God. And then he had to come back. Oh. I said, well, you, you, you know, I could push it. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you know, you don't schedule. You spend the money. I'll be back. Whoa. And he just did his Epsom salt thing and whatever he had to do, and he was back. Wow. So that's why yes. I take my hat off to that kid. He, <laughs> he, he put a lot of work in. Yeah. Can I just say two quick oh my God, yeah. to all of you guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Maria. We didn't meet officially. Uh, um, I have a podcast, Strong Body, Strong Soul. And Kurt and I exchange energy a lot on our podcasts about authenticity mm-hmm. and real life, metaphysical stuff, all sorts of stuff. So listening to you guys is just so amazing. And Shannon, to your point, and all of you guys talking about collaboration, mm-hmm. two quick thoughts that I just wanted to throw into the mix for you guys. One is... Don't be afraid. When you're in a group of people, you need to collaborate, of course. You all have similar skills and you want to rise. Don't be afraid to be the best you can be. Sometimes people hold themselves back and they don't want to be better than their mentor. They're like, they're the teacher. I need to hold back. Sometimes people do that with their energy. So I just wanted to say that for all of you guys. That was one thing. And for all the listeners out there, if you're a filmmaker, don't be intimidated because these people in the room are so awesome. But there are a lot of awesome people out there in the world. Everybody has their different gifts. So I wanted to say that. But I also wanted to say, be careful who you collaborate with, right? Because just like the guy in Seattle, 50 people working on his crew, he had a great studio, it sounded like. Like, he had a lot of fun stuff to work with. But wherever you are, you know, there are flaky people out there in the world. And sometimes they might step up for a different person than you, Mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. So be cautious you know, and try to take a minute to really feel that energy of who you're choosing to work with. So you start with a really strong base of collaboration because mm-hmm. you want to trust the people. And it, it's hard. And, you know, things are moving fast. But it You matters. know, I think you can really tell a lot in the just the language and the words that they use. Yes. You know, you can really, you li- can when you're really it. listening to the words and language that they use, where they're open yes. to ideas 
Yes. And that yes and mentality. Yes, and society in general, that whole collaborative idea too. Don't be afraid to break the mold and get out of that box too mm-hmm. of what you're in, but also work ethic and integrity. A lot of people don't understand what that means. I think it, especially day. for younger filmmakers. Yes. I mean, if, if my 20-year-old self could have had someone that said exactly what you did and, and the power of no yes. because when you're on a set that is abusive or whatever it's like my father was a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps he said you don't ask anything of anyone that you won't ask of yourself and yes. I really do for me that's that like is the golden something. rule right there <laughs> yes. it means so much because even I mean I've been on a live events I've been on you know things where I, I was on a shoot uh, with a director who literally was like we got to get this yard clean for a yoga and there was poop all over the yard dog poop PAs didn't want to touch it. Nobody wanted to touch it. I'm like, give me a bad, guys. The moment I was there, everybody came. And it, and it is. So because, because we're always so afraid of missing that opportunity, right. I can't even begin. I know that movie, Yes, yes Man, or whatever. It was Jim Carrey, right? And all he no. did was say yes. Right, right, right. But that, there is a downfall to that yes. as well. The even power if it's your of your best friend. Even if it's your Don't best friend. Don't be afraid friend. to offend people. Yeah. And be like, you know what? You gotta Maybe it would be better if we worked on a different project. Let's try yeah. again. You know, next year when I'm done with this one. You have to value your time, your abilities. And um, it's one thing to wanting to be helpful. And it's one thing to want to assist and and be there. But you can oftentimes, especially um, in this industry, especially at the independent film level of this industry, where we're all working on our own projects and all trying to build our own thing, where um, you can find yourself over-obligated, you can find yourself... um, being the only adult in the room, you can find a lot of big ideas with very little follow through, and th- then it's almost well. If we're if the people sitting here, I'm sure I'm like you will agree with this, where you're almost compelled to go, well, oh shit, this is going south. If I don't pick up the mantle, it's 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 done. Mm-hmm. But sometimes just get off the bus. Yeah, sometimes it's sort of like, <laughs> hey guys, like you've got to give yourself the permission yeah. to be to be worth your value yes. and not feel that, oh, I must be open to everything yes. because that usually means you're open to being taken advantage of. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. And they don't, like, enthusiasm and passion for projects, you run the mm-hmm. risk of being too enthusiastic and under-delivering sometimes mm-hmm. yourself. And then you can end up beating yourself up, too, if you get overcommitted to certain things, too. And there's another thing that happens where... Um, once, you know, pretty much everyone sitting here is now a producer. Like, when people hear you're a producer, people will come to you and be like, Tony, I have this great idea that I want to help with. I don't want Tony, like, I don't want Tony's help. I want Tony to do it for me. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. asking him yeah, yeah, for yeah. advice. I'm not asking him for assistance. Yes. I'm asking him to spend the next two years of his life yeah. developing this wonderful seed of an idea that yes. is like a gem falling out of my ha- head yeah. and landed on the ground into a treasure pile. They don't even know, want, to, want to know how to do it. No. They just want it to happen. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> can you produce me? It's like, I yeah. don't. I have a lot of things, like not to be right. rude, yeah. Yeah. but I have 15 things I'm trying to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I can't even get all of my stuff together. Um, I want to help you. What are you asking me? It's mm-hmm. not like, but they don't have an answer because they just know they want to do something. Mm-hmm. They think your job is to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, like, there's a lot of good, like, I personally take advantage of, like, 
I I had no experience, no nothing. My very first thing was, I'm doing a 10-episode like multi-camera sitcom web series. That's how I'm going to start. Um, so I have a drive wow. to do things. I will ask questions. How do I do this? Um, I'm not asking for you to do it for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what I'm not seeing so I can do it. And a person like that, you really want to help. Um, yeah. Because they're asking for your help. They're not asking for you to do something for them. A lot of people want you to take up the mantle for them. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't do that. You could, but it's going to result in the exact what you'd expect. And to that same point, as a creator, someone else can't create your vision for you. You can't ask somebody. It's not going to turn out the way you wanted it. You know, if something's wrong if you're not able to get up and do it yourself with help of course we need help from from friends but like you're saying well think about how opaque this industry is from the outside yeah you know most people when they're looking at the industry like there's people having fun on screen and it, and like it just happens right you have no idea like mm-hmm. what yeah. a grip crew is how much work yeah <coughs> right. the same like, thing with the podcast people yeah. are like oh you're just talking to the thing and i'm like well <laughs> It's fun, and I'm really good at it, and it just kind of comes natural. I can't teach you how to... I can't do your show for you. I can give you little pointers, but I can't do it for you. Yeah, so... And also, the on-screen... The, the I'm, I'm having fun on the podcast thing is the small part to it. Like... There's the producing it. There's the getting it up on the platform. There's the right. make sure that there's the, the marketing distribution that, yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. There's the, the there's a lot when people want to be actors. They well, see I'm people. Well, I'm good at all yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we salute you. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of unfun stuff that there comes is. before the I'm on screen. I'm being funny. Right. Right. Um, and this, And with acting, with any of this, there's. This it's an iceberg of intense responsibilities with this little jutting bit of doesn't that look fun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, just the other day I saw somebody post something on Twitter. I want to start a podcast. What should I talk about? Mm-hmm. What the heck? They should talk well, about how I to start make a, a podcast. Movie. What should it be about? You don't start that way. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's yeah. a there's a documentary about the guy who helps Kubrick who helped Kubrick. Mm. I forgot the name of it, but he was his right-hand man. Well, he was the the guy, he was like his aide. Like the second man in the room? Yeah, something like that. It's a really good documentary. And it's all about him taking over Kubrick's estate, and he's still dealing with these films. You know, talk about a film's not done. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on, you know, all of his films. That's his job. And he described all the things he does, and and I even told my co-producer, I said, I never want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be Kubrick. Yeah. And I have become that guy. So I'm just saying, not that that's a bad thing, because I do believe that every job you learn, even if eventually you don't want to do it, it's great if you learn how to do it. Because mm-hmm. then you're actually going to hire the right person to do yeah. it for yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. So it's you all part of You also know what's going wrong. That's like, right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you know what's wrong. The, yeah. One of the important, like, one of my the things about producing I feel really important is you need to understand every department to some degree mm-hmm. because as it's going south, you have an idea of what's going mm-hmm. south. And I've seen various mm-hmm. shoots or I've worked with a couple directors where they know that they want to direct, mm-hmm. but they don't understand how the actual set works. So when something's going wrong and we're having lighting issues, 
I don't know where I got that idea, but we're having, <laughs> we're having lighting we're having lighting issues, which just just occurred to me out of the blue. Um, well, what's going on? Why isn't there lights happening? Where's the lights? It's like calm your ass down. Yeah. You see those guys frantically running around, moving stands, and th- like they're dealing with the issue. The issue is the generator blew out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you. You don't need to know how to set up flags and to make sure that we're not getting crosstalk between the different lights, mm-hmm. but you need to understand that's like enough of it so that you get, oh crap, this is going wrong, they need 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that 10 minutes, but we also don't not have the ability to take it at this point. We're going to have to make that up some other point of the day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a troubleshooting mindset. You need to know enough so that you can effectively manage what's going on as it's happening. Yeah. And if you don't know, chances are your shoot's going to have problems. And probably being able to be loose enough, being okay to be mm-hmm. improvisational enough to mm-hmm. trust that it, it'll all just somehow work out in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Some guy would like to kick people in the face, say, be like water. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. listen, folks, yeah. uh, it's 12 o'clock. We, uh, this, is, this is the end of uh, today's episode. We'll be here end. tomorrow. <laughs> Beautiful friend, the end. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some more Genius Masterminds. Uh, talk about their projects. One last time, if you guys could just mention your names, your project, when it screened or when it will screen, and um, that would be that would be really nice. Okay, my name's Ed Hartman, and I scored and produced As the Earth Turns, which will be playing at Kapow today, Monday, September sixteenth at five o'clock. Film block As the Earth Turns dot com or EdHartmanMusic.com for information, screening, and everything else about the movie. Awesome. And I am Shannon Lee Reeve. I've got Chromo 46, which is a Believe Entertainment production. It's B-E-L-E-E-V-E. Um, you can find more information on Instagram or BelieveEntertainment.com. And I'm also uh, the lead actor in Passage, which is both films are screening in the Topsy Turvy block Thursday, uh, September 19th at 2.30. I am Bruce Naxon, also known as Big Guy Small Dog on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Hell, look for Dark Spectre 2 on Facebook. See some of my other work. My project is Lunchtime is Over, and I will be screening two days in the past, (coughs) along with uh, a man Tony here, um, at 3 o'clock on Saturday, previous Saturday. So um, use your physics and go back. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Tony Tonelli Oliver. Uh, my film was Initiation 21 that previously screened on Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, and then I was an actor in um, Dream Job uh, that screened last night. What was that, Sunday? Saturday. Oh, Sa- Saturday. Yeah, my days. <laughs> uh, and I was a producer and actor in that. Um, Instagram is uh, Initiation 21 or Twister Productions. Uh, I also want to add that I was nominated in four categories for Initiation 21. Uh, best Director, Best... Uh, film, best ensemble, and best poster. Congrats. Awesome. Uh, I'm Dave Penyuk, uh, executive producer and lead actor in The High Five. It's uh, showing in the 1 o'clock comedy block today, Monday the 16th, and then I believe at 11.30 p.m. Wednesday night as well, that last block on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, and you can uh, follow or find out what's going on with us at thehighfive.buzz, B-U-Z-Z, or uh, The High Five on Facebook. Maria. Awesome. I am Maria. Strong Body, Strong Soul is the name of my show. I'm a hot podcast host and a content creator. 
I'm available on all social media platforms, including YouTube and everything. And I've been having so much fun helping promote the Kapow Film Festival. I love talking to you guys. You guys are amazing. And uh, my show is all about energy and uh, helping each other out in collaboration, variety, diversity, everything, creativity, sexuality, all that stuff, everything, mm. <laughs> all good things. And so. let me turn the camera around on you. Ooh. We have Chris Ooh. Corman here. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Ooh, yes. I want to try to figure out how to make everything work. <laughs> <laughs> Throw on me last minute because some other things were not in place, but like, hopefully it's out there. Okay, now Tomorrow we'll better, maybe. <laughs> now we'll do a meditation. Part of the charm. Yeah. Part of the charm. We just keep going. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Have. Yes. Oh, I'm Kurt, uh, and... I'm with Inspirato Projecto. I also have the radio show on K-Chung. It's also a podcast, which is on uh, Spotify, Anchor.fm, a whole slew of everywhere. Everywhere you can find a podcast, it is there. I've worked tirelessly to make sure that that, that has happened. Mm-hmm. I want to be as ubiquitous as possible. So uh, thank you for uh, listening and watching and being a part of this, and we'll be back tomorrow, too. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. What you just heard right there, all that razzmatazz, was from Jennifer Marjo, May, June, July, August, September 16th. That was the second part. We do have the first part out there. What you heard there was Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast. We had Bruce Nashson from Lunchtime is Over. We had Shannon Lee Reeve from Passage and Chromo 46. We had Ed Hartman who composed the movie As the Earth Turns by Richard Lyford. We had Tony Oliver from Initiation 21 and Dave Penyak from High Five. So thank you guys for listening. Our next episode is going to be on... It's 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 well, it's going to be from during that same film festival, Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival, which by the way we're accepting submissions. Um, that episode is going to be from when when the podcast took place on the day after, so it was on the seventeenth, September seventeenth. So thank you everybody who who who's a, a part of this these shenanigans, and. Uh, Wow, this is just really great. If I'm not mistaken, we got Jay Asang at the top of the hour from Twin Peaks, who played the crazy drunken guy um, in Twin Peaks The Return. Anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for everyone who participates. If you want to participate, email us at inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Or if you want to call the voicemail, leave a message on the voicemail, 561-203-9179. Or take care. Keep the Inspirato flowing, oh, and oh. Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto.